outdoors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. This week on the Savvy Psychologist podcast, by request from listener Margaret Flannery from Michigan, we'll outline four differences between nightmares and night terrors, and best of all, talk about how to get rid of each so you can drift back to dreamland. Okay, so who hasn't woken up tangled in sheets, terrified from a nightmare? Whether you're late for an exam, naked in public, or being chased by anything from a dinosaur to a scary clown, we've all jolted awake, afraid of the monsters in our heads. But while nightmares are stressful for the dreamer, night terrors are often more stressful for the observer. We see our partner or child sit bolt upright in bed, scream and thrash around with a panicked look in his or her wide-open eyes. Eventually, they'll drift back into peaceful sleep, but they don't remember any of it in the morning. So while both nightmares and night terrors involve stress and fear, there are some key differences. Here are four. Difference number one, sleep stage. Okay, so let's do a quick primer on sleep stages. In 2007, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine updated the phases of sleep. Since 1968, there have been four phases plus REM, the stage where dreaming occurs, but now phases three and four have been consolidated, leaving us with non-REM stage one, non-REM stage two, non-REM stage three, which is also called slow wave sleep, and REM. During REM sleep, the brain is as active as when it's awake. And while the jury is still out on the exact function of REM sleep, we do know it's when dreams and those chased by dinosaur nightmares take place. Night terrors, on the other hand, occur during non-REM stage 3, or slow-wave sleep, which is thought to be important for consolidating memories from the day. During slow-wave sleep, the brain rests, as evidenced by less blood flow and a slower metabolic rate within the brain. Also, within each wave, a short period occurs where the neurons are pretty much silent, giving them a break. That's why, if you wake someone up from a night terror, they are groggy and befuddled. It takes a few moments to transition out of slow-wave sleep, get that blood flowing back to the brain, and get neurons firing like normal again. Difference number two, awakening. So, speaking of getting woken up, I'm sure you can remember a nightmare that's jolted you awake. In other words, you wake up from nightmares. However, during a night terror... Even though your eyes are wide open, your heart is racing, you may talk or yell, and you're thrashing around or even running around the house, you're still technically asleep. 
in sleep parlance, it's called a partial awakening, though observers might just call it spooky. Difference number three, age and gender. So nightmares can happen to anyone at any age, though frequency declines from childhood on. Still, about 4% of adults have nightmares at least weekly. And nightmares are more often reported by women, but it's unclear if women are just more likely to report. For night terrors, the highest frequency is also among kids, affecting up to 6.5% of children. So night terrors may start around age 3 or sometimes earlier, are most common from ages 5 to 7, and usually taper off by age 12. Although about 1 to 2% of the adult population experiences night terrors on a regular basis. In childhood, they're more frequent in boys, but in adulthood, night terrors affect men and women equally. Difference number four, links to PTSD, depression, addiction, and other mental health challenges. So a perpetual question about nightmares is whether they're a sign of some deeper trouble or if a nightmare can just be a nightmare. Turns out the answer to both parts is yes. So there is some evidence that nightmares are linked to depression and anxiety in adults, as well as to other sleep disorders, such as sleep apnea or restless leg syndrome. And nightmares are strongly linked to PTSD. In fact, they're a key symptom of re-experiencing, one of the three symptom clusters, along with avoidance and hyperarousal. When nightmares are chronic, the individual suffering from PTSD may even avoid sleep, rationalizing, if I don't sleep, I can't have a nightmare. As a result, many people self-medicate by drinking gallons of coffee or loading a schedule so full of work, classes, and other obligations that there's little chance for sleep. It's productive, but it makes for a lousy and drowsy quality of life. But sometimes nightmares aren't the tip of any iceberg larger than temporary sleep deprivation, transient stress, having watched a scary movie, or some unknown X factor. As frightening as it is, a solitary nightmare is nothing to lose sleep over. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. With night terrors, a link to psychopathology depends on age. In kids, 
night terrors are not linked to mental health disorders and are usually a sign of just being overtired or stressed from a big change, like moving or starting a new school. And finally, there's a heavy genetic component. It turns out that night terrors run in families. And in adults, night terrors can also be caused by genetics or stress like divorce or spouse receiving a life-threatening diagnosis. However, night terrors in adults can also be linked to underlying problems like depression, generalized anxiety disorder, and PTSD. And notably, heavy drinking can also trigger night terrors. So what do you do when nightmares and night terrors go bump in the night? Let's start with nightmares. So I respectfully disagree with Freudian and Jungian analysts who say nightmares are valuable and can teach you about yourself if you just examine their symbolism. I say they're scary, and especially if they stem from a trauma, they can wreck your nights and, by extension, your days. Now, big breakthroughs in psychology are rare, but one occurred in 2001 with the publication of a study in the prestigious Journal of the American Medical Association. Dr. Barry Krakow, a sleep medicine physician and founder of a sleep research nonprofit, hypothesized that while nightmares directly following a trauma may be helpful in processing the event, chronic nightmares are just your brain stuck in a rut. So he developed a therapy called image rehearsal therapy, or IRT. In his study, sexual assault survivors with PTSD deliberately changed the plot and imagery of their nightmares. Basically, they got to rewrite the whole script. Krakow asked patients to write down their disturbing dreams and then instructed them to change the nightmare any way you wish. So, for example, an assailant with a knife might become a kitten. Balls of fire might become soap bubbles. Being chased might become a stroll on the beach. The patients rehearsed the new dream for anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes a day for three weeks while they were awake. And what happened? Three months after the start of the study, the number of total nightmares per week, number of nights per week with a nightmare, and overall PTSD symptoms were all significantly reduced, while the participant's sleep was significantly improved. A 2009 follow-up by a different group of researchers with a different population, U.S. veterans, achieved the holy grail of data replication. They found that IRT worked to reduce the frequency of nightmares, both trauma-related and not, and reduced PTSD symptoms three months after the program. It almost seems too easy, but it speaks to the resilience of our brains even after a major trauma. As for night terrors, if your child or spouse has a once-in-a-while night terror, in the moment, you don't need to intervene other than making sure they don't accidentally hurt themselves or you. Don't try to wake them up. There's no need. In a few minutes, they'll settle down on their own. However, if your child or partner has chronic night terrors or chronic sleepwalking, a closely related phenomenon, try a treatment known as scheduled awakenings. For a few nights, keep track of approximately how long after they fall asleep the night terror occurs. Thankfully, you probably won't have to burn the midnight oil, as sleep terrors usually occur in the first half of the night. And once you can predict roughly when it'll happen, aim to briefly wake them up about half an hour before the sleep terror, usually anywhere between an hour to two and a half hours after they've fallen asleep. So you shake them gently and ask them to wake up until they mumble or open their eyes slightly. No need to turn on the light or blast an air horn. You just need to wake them up enough to disrupt the slow wave sleep architecture. 
And in a small 1997 study on chronic sleepwalking, so not night terrors, but again, a related phenomenon, parents performed one awakening per night for a month and in each case completely cured the problem. One last thing. If your child does experience a night terror, there's no need to mention it to them the next day. Kids have no memory of the night terror. Remember, they're asleep when it happens. So telling them a dramatic, slightly embarrassing story about themselves that they can't even remember, much less control, may cause them stress or worry. So refrain from launching into a dramatic description when they show up at breakfast. For a fascinating long read from The New Yorker on IRT for Nightmares, check out the show notes at quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist, and I'll have a link to the article. And if you can't get to his clinic in Albuquerque, Dr. Barry Krakow has a self-help manual and a CD set of his IRT program available for purchase online. I haven't personally reviewed it, but if you're interested, see the link in the show notes. If The Savvy Psychologist is helpful to you, please consider nominating the podcast for the 10th Annual People's Podcast Awards. And you can nominate your other favorite Quick and Dirty Tips podcast as well. Just go to podcastawards.com, easy to remember, and nominate the Savvy Psychologist in whatever category you see fit. Oh, may I suggest either the education or the health and fitness categories. They'll ask you for the URL, which is the one you always hear me say, quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. And thank you in advance for all your support. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. And next week, we'll stick with our sleep theme and bust some myths about sleep and insomnia. How many hours of sleep should you get? You might be surprised. In the meantime, a transcript of this episode, references for the studies I mentioned, and the archives are always available on quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. And I always got to say, the savvy psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again. I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways your dedicated fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened visit fidelity.com wealth investment minimum supply fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc the living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.